Ephesians chapter number 5, the Bible says this. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you tonight, and I thank you so much for the singing tonight, Lord, to touch on it. And Lord, I just stand in this place tonight. I need some unction to preach, Lord. I pray, God, you'd help me to effectively communicate the word of God tonight. I pray, uh, Lord, if there's one lost in this place, I pray they'd be convicted of their sins tonight, Lord, that they'd be converted, Lord. Oh, I know you want to save them, Lord. That's why you brought them here, and we need you to help us tonight, Lord. I pray that you'd strengthen the church tonight. Help us, we pray. Lord, I know the revival meeting's not done. Lord, I know that the meetings are scheduled or done, but Lord, the revival don't have to end, and we need you tonight. We pray you'd help us. Lord, I know Paul obtained help of God, and that's what I need tonight is the help of God. Help us, Lord, we pray. We love you, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, the book of Ephesians is laid out in such an amazing way. The first three chapters of the book that Paul is writing to us, he is simply telling us who we are in Christ. May I say, it's important to know who we are in Jesus Christ, what all that Christ has done for us. That chapter number one, I mean, you can go down there, we're forgiven, we're accepted, we're adopted. Hey, we have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. I'm talking about, hey, we've been sealed. I mean, there's all kinds of things of who we are. May I say, what ought to motivate us to live for God is what God has already done for us and who he is. And we find that in Christ and this book is laid out that way and these uh, first three chapters is just all about who we are and what Jesus has done for us. And as we come to these last three chapters we see that that newness of life that Kevin preached about this week, hey, that is what we're supposed to be living out because of who we are. Our motivation always stems back to Calvary. Always stems back to Jesus. It's because of what Christ done for us Hey, we ought to live for him. And that's what these last three chapters, four, five, and six, are about. And we see in chapter number four, he starts out talking about a walking worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. May I say for the next couple chapters, he's talking about walking worthy. He talks about walking in the will of God. And he talks about walking in warfare. And may I say as we get to chapter number five, we see he opens up in verse one and two and he tells us, hey, we ought to be walking in love. Hey, we ought, to, we ought to be in love with the Lord. We ought to remember, notice this, as Christ hath loved us, hey, his love is a causing love. If you're struggling in this thing, if you're not living the way you ought to, you ought to look back to Calvary one time. Hey, hey, we love him because he first loved us. May I say his love does something inside of us, and it ought to. Hey, for God so loved the world, and he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. It's a love. We're supposed to be walking in love. Verses 3 and 14, it talks about walking, being separated from sin, walking as children of light. Hey, may I say something? We are in this world. There's no doubt about that. But we ought not be of this world. There's a big difference. Hey, Bible separation, we can see it in here. Hey, we ought to cut off those things as unfruitful work of darkness. We're living in, can I say, we're living in evil days, but we don't have to live that way. 
the standard, what we've called, been called to do. Hey, I'm telling you, friends, listen, we can still live godly in Christ Jesus. Hey, listen, I know it's perilous times. I know the last days are here. I know all them first 13 verses that depress you. I know all them things, but I'm glad that there's a God in heaven that's got grace, that's got a word, that's got strength. Hey, we can still live and serve and please him in these days no matter how bad it gets. As we come to verse number 15, he tells us we are to walk circumspectly. That means, literally means to look in on all sides, cautious, watching. To walk circumspectly is to be diligent and aiming for perfection in pleasing. Lord, may I say something to you? I'm nowhere near perfect, but I want to keep the standard aiming at it. We ought, not, we ought not aim for anything less than trying to live the very absolute best that we can. Because if we aim for less, guess what we'll get? We'll get less than what we aim for to start with. But we see here, we ought to be diligent in aiming for perfection and pleasing the Lord, avoiding error. It means to be alert spiritually, morally, and doctrinally to the dangers that are out there. The people of God. And, and may I say, it's foolish for us to not walk this way. I didn't say that. He said, not as fools. It's a foolish thing for us to not be on guard. May I say, we ought to be cautious. We ought to be watching. I'm telling you, the devil's out there trying to trick us up, trying to knock us down. The world, they're not going to bring you closer to the will of God. I'm telling you, we ought to be watching for these things. And God's called us to be wise. May I say, we can be wise. Look at verse 16. We're told to redeem the time. The word redeem means to buy or to purchase. And I want you to think about this for a second. Uh, what he's trying to tell us is we ought to make wise purchases with our time. May I say we've all wasted money, we've wasted things, but the one thing you and I, at least one thing that you and I never get back is I'll never get another second back. I'll never get another opportunity back. I mean, I may see another opportunity come, Judy, but I will never get one second. I'm 35. I'm getting ready to turn 36 years old, Lord's will, in June. Can I say something to you? Every single day that I have is behind me. I can't go back. I can't change it. I can't do anything to get those days back. And what he's trying to teach us here is, listen, every single day matters. Every day. I know we look and sometimes we see in the accounts of the Old Testament, uh, oftentimes we think of Elijah on Mount Carmel, but you realize there was many days. That was one day he was on Carmel, but there were many days that he was serving God that we don't read about. All them many days he was eating from the barrel. All them many days he was eating from the brook. We see him on the mountain. May I say, life may have some mountaintops, but there's days in between, and those days matter too. And we got to make smart purchases. The Word of God is really, really teaches us about the brevity of life. Psalm number 90. I know I preached on it a couple months ago, at the one that, that, that Moses wrote there. And it opens up talking about the eternal God. And then he talks about the brevity of man. And may I say that, let me say something to you here tonight. Our lives are short and they're quick. And we notice this in the midst of how short they are and how quick they are, we can see that there's an enemy that's trying to hinder us in the way. Now, if, if all it was was it was short and quick, hey, we'd still need to make smart purchases. But even more, we're in a warfare. We're in a battle in this thing. Hey, we're, hey God wants us to serve him. And we're fighting against, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principles 
principalities, against powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places. May I say we are in a battle in this thing. How much more should we make smart purchases of our opportunities, of our time, to make sure that we're doing the will of God? Notice verse 17. God does not want us to be unwise. May I say, can I encourage you tonight? You're here and you're struggling through this thing. Let me say something to you. The Lord's for you tonight. Jesus, it ain't nobody, it's more for you than the Lord himself. Over and tells us over in Peter, 2 Peter chapter number 1, uh, verse number 4, I believe it is. And he was writing and he said this, According as his divine power, he hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. What that means is he's had nothing back for us to live for him, to serve him, and we can do that, friends. He doesn't want us to be unwise. He wants his people to be wise. Listen, if we're, if we're living unwisely, and don't, I'm just reading right here in verse 17, so don't, I didn't come in here to pick on you, I'm just reading the Bible. If you are living unwisely, which means not living in the will of God, it's not because the Lord's not met your needs to do such. I can't look out and say, if I'm not living in the will of God, I can't look over and say, well, that's the Lord's fault. No, 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 no. Hold on, that don't work that way. God wants us to be wise. God wants us to live for him. And I want you to notice this. We see here that coming out of revival, we ought to be more conscious and concerned about knowing and doing the will of God than than, than we were before this week started. Y'all wasn't with me on that, but I'm going to say it again. We ought to be concerned about how we're living today. After a week of revival, after we sent a man of God to preach this week about our walk, He preached all week about our walk, walking in the light, water-walking faith. I'm talking about, listen, he preached all week about about our walk. Let me say, we ought to be concerned about how we're walking. We ought to be conscious. After a week of hearing the Word of God preached, our hearts ought to be looking and saying, where am I? It ought to be taking examination. What's in my life? May I say something to you? We're unwise if we're not doing that. But even beyond a consciousness, there ought to be a concern. It's not enough to know I got problems. It's not enough for me to know that I need to not do that or I need to be doing this. May I say something to you? We need to do something about it. There ought to be a concern enough to move us. And and we see here that Paul, as he's writing here, he's telling us about the Word of God. But I thought about this too. Not only coming out of revival, may I say, but coming out of revival, that ought not be the only time we ought to be concerned about God's will. We ought to be concerned about it every day. Every day. You say, tell me a day that we ought not be concerned about it. There isn't one. Teach Psalm 90 and 12. Teach us to number our days so that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. You know what he wants you to do? He wants you to see how short this life is. He wants you to see that it's going to go by quick. And can I say something to you? What we find in the midst of all these things is in our days is we're going to make the most important eternal decisions that any man could make. And I'm talking about this is the only time you and I have to serve the Lord in this life. You don't get a redo. You, you, you listen, when Lot left, he was vexed by the filthy... Con- he, listen, he was just. The Bible said he was just. He was a saved man, but he stands at the judgment seat of Christ. Let me say something to you. He can't go back and change. 
He can't go back and say, I wish I wouldn't have lived in Sodom. I wish I wouldn't have turned my tent towards there. I wish I wouldn't have set myself up in the gate. He can't go back. May I say we can't go back. But what we do have is today. We have the opportunity today. Maybe you've messed it up. Maybe you've fallen short. But can I say you got today to get concerned and conscious about God's will. Being a Christian is not part of my life. It is my life. And if you're not living that way, you're not living right. If, if this is just a part of who you are, you've done messed the thing up. It, this is who we are. Everything in my life revolves around Him. And it should. And if we get out of the will of God, what we find as oftentimes, it's not the way it should. But I want you to notice this tonight. The first thing about the will of God, we see the designed will of God. You say, well, preacher, how do I get in the will of God? He's talking to believers here, but there's a way to get in tonight. And the will of God begins at salvation. The Bible said in 1 Timothy 2 and 4, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. And 2 Peter, 2, 2, 2 Peter 3 and 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. May I say tonight, if you're here tonight and you're lost, you say, well, what is the will of God and how do I get in it? You get in it by this. You get in it for my grace. Are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works lest any man should boast you get in tonight by repenting of your sins and putting your faith in Jesus Christ may I say it is God's will if the Bible says it right there it's God's will and he's not willing that nobody that dies lost he wants every single person to be saved everybody society can divide us however they want to but God wants to save every single one of you and you're in this place tonight, let me say something to you. Christ died for your sins. The Bible said, for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. You know what we lost in the garden? Not only did death pass upon all men, as Romans 5 says, as one man sin and death passed upon all men, but you know what else we lost? Man lost his purpose. Revelation chapter number 4, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure were they created. Do you realize our world is out on Twitter, they're out on Facebook, they're in some uh, educational place trying to find their purpose in life, and the Bible has it right here. We are, listen, your purpose, you say, you don't know me, preacher, I don't know you, but I know what the Bible said. Your purpose is to please God. You were created to worship Him, to have a relationship with Him, to fellowship with Him. And may I say some good news tonight? You can tonight, though you sin. Hey, though the wages of sin is death, I'm glad tonight. Hey, but God commendeth His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us how you can get saved tonight and begin getting in the will of God the beginning of God's will starts at being born again that's where it starts and God's desire for everybody he's this 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 Calvinistic doctrine up there God saves some sends some to hell and sit, let me say something to you he 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 wants to save everybody whosoever shall call. You say, well, preacher, you don't know my sins. The Bible said whosoever. Preacher, you don't know my past. You don't know. I don't know very many things. Can I say the Bible says whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Listen to me. At first part's your part. If you'll call on faith, listen. You say, well, what is he going to do? Hey, the Bible said shall be saved. You let him take care of redemption. You let him him take care of salvation. Hey, you let him take care of those things. That's what he's going to do. He'll justify you. He'll change you. 
you if you'll call on him tonight. It starts there. But that's not the end. May I say after you get saved, we'll find God has a purpose and a plan. We see the design of the will of God. Romans 8, 29 says this, whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. You say, what does that mean? That means all, when you talk about foreknow, let me, when you get saved, God wasn't like, man, that's crazy. People are like, well, the house is going to fall down. Y'all know, you know, we might say, can you believe so-and-so got saved? You know what God said? I don't know that. That's what foreknow meant. And that word predestinate, don't let it scare you. He's talking about everybody he knew was going to be saved, he already had a plan for them. When I got saved, he wasn't like, well, let's see what we can do with him. Let's, let's try to figure out. I don't know. He ain't got much ability. He can't talk very well. I, mean, I don't know why he'd call me to preach. My English is terrible. I mean, there, I, I could limit all the things that I'm limited about, but I'm glad he has a plan for me. And may I say something to you in here lost tonight? You're trying to find your purpose in life. Hey, he's already got your purpose. It's found in Jesus Christ tonight. It's found in the redemption of Calvary. But notice we are supposed to be predestinated to be conformed to the image of your son. God has a will for your life and your life is to be like Jesus. That's what he's called us to be. John 8, 29 said this. Jesus said, for I do always those things that please him. John 17, 4 says this, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Can I say Jesus always did God's will? This boggles my mind. Every second of every day, he was always in the will of God. He was never in the wrong place, never around the wrong person. I mean, total, I mean, you say, what was the will? Well, you follow him. When he said he must needs go through Samaria, that didn't make no sense to them. There's a better route. No, no, no. There's a woman there. And you know what? Not only was there, he knew there was going to be a woman there, but he knew there'd be one come by herself in a time when no one was coming to the well. And I'm talking about he knew that he was going to meet her and he knew that she was thirsty for something she couldn't find out of that well, but she needed to find in him. And I'm talking about, hey, because he was in the will of God, she went back to the city and said, come meet a man which told me all the things that I ever did. Is this not the Christ? The Bible said many people believed on him. Hey, you know what happened? He was always in the will of God. And he was God, by the way. But notice, he completed all the work that was given to him. But notice in these two verses what we see about the will of God. First, we see the will of God's about pleasing God. May I say something to you? It's not about me. It's not about Roxalana Gospel Tabernacle. I love that God's put us in this city of Dominion. Let me say something to you. It ain't about us here. It ain't about this building. Hey, it ain't, it ain't about the Rochester. Thank God y'all's here tonight. But let me, hey, it's about somebody bigger than that. Hey, the Bible said, let our light so shine before men that we may glorify God. Hey, it ought to be our works. We can see that Jesus, when he was in the will of God, he glorified the Lord. Hey, we can see about the will of God. It's to glorify the Lord and it's to finish the work. There's a work for you. Well, that right there might have scared some people. I remember I heard, heard an old time ago there was an old preacher and he said, I ain't reading that book there in the back. He's like, what are you talking about? He said, that one book says job. I don't want to read that. That might scare people in America today. It's Job, by the way. You've been called to serve. Our society may not want to work and all these other things, but let me say something to you. Hey, listen, we've been called to work for the Lord. 
That's what Jesus did. He said, the work which thou gavest me to do, may I say, hey, God has something for you. You know, people get all confused about works and salvation. May I say something to you? Salvation is full of works. They just follow it. Our world's out there trying to work their way in and ain't going to get done. I got a letter on the counter that somebody wrote me, somebody wrote Courtney. It's from a Mormons down there trying to tell me some things in life. Well, as soon as I get a moment, I'm going to write her back and let her know. Hey, you don't have to send these letters try to go to heaven tonight. Hey, for by grace are you saved through faith. I'm talking about you can get in tonight because what Jesus did at Calvary. And you can say, listen, hey, we don't need to change the message or the method. Hey, the gospel still works. But we've been called to work. Immediately after salvation, notice what Ephesians 2.10 says. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in it. Before you got saved, God said, you're going to serve me. I've created you in Christ to serve and to please me. That's what that's saying. You don't have to try to work your way in. Let me just... Here's Romans, first chapter, three chapters of the book of Romans. You know what the first three chapters summarize up like this? It simply summarized like this. Every single person is sin. And every single person, not one of them, can save themselves. That's, that's the first part of the gospel. You've got to realize you're lost and you can't do anything about it. You can't work your way in. You can't get in on your hair. You can't get in on them things. I ain't going to heaven because daddy's a pastor. Let me say, I'm going to heaven because of grace, because of what Jesus did at Calvary. Hey, listen, that's what the first three chapters of the book of Romans are about, summed up in two sentences. But you can get saved tonight because he'll justify you freely tonight. But what we see about salvation is you don't have to work to get salvation, but once you get saved, I'm talking about God has something for you. And I thought about that verse, teach us to number our days. I know I quoted it earlier, but I want you to realize that every single day God has something for us. Every single day. Listen to me. Noah didn't build the ark in one day. But every single day he built mattered. Y'all, didn't, y'all, y'all stay with me on that. He didn't build it in one day. I mean, the Lord, he does good things in one day. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. I mean, hey, he can just say it, and it is. But Noah, listen, he say, he got the saw out. I mean, listen, it'd be nice. As big as that boat was, it'd be crazy to think he could do it in one day. Listen, but every single day he worked on that in the will of God mattered. May I say, every day of your life in the will of God matters. It matters to us every day. We ought to be understanding what God's will for us each every single day. And we ought to be living and we ought to realize that God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. And we say, how do we find the will of God? But there's some things we need to know. First, there's the declared will of God. Now, we all want to get to this next part. What does God have for me? But let me say something to you. You don't get in the next part or stay in the next part till you get these down first. Stay with me. First, we see the declared will of God. When we are seeking to understand God's will, we must know there's some things God has already plainly declared that we don't have to seek out to discern. We already know these things are God's will. They're not something that I have to think about. Listen to me. I don't have, here's my first one. Matthew 4 and 4 says this. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I don't have to ask God if I need to read my Bible today. 
I don't have to get down on my knees and say, Lord, show me if I need to read. Lord, part the sky and let me know if I need to read my Bible today. No, it's already right there. You say, how do you know I need to read it every day? Well, how many of y'all ate today? Man doth live by bread. We eat every, well, most of us has ate multiple times a day. Amen? How much more spiritually? We think we can just go and get in it every now and then and, find, and live in the will of God? Mm-mm. I don't have to ask God for that. I already know it's God's will. Here, I got some more. Stay with me. This is important because people are trying to find where, where does God want me to serve in the church? What does God want me to do? What are these things? There is some differences in the will of God. God has something for me he don't have for you, but he's got something for you he don't have for me. But I want to find what he has for me, and I want you to find what he has for you. And let me say something to you. When we get in the will of God together, we'll work hey, just like it did in Nehemiah. Hey, there was some holding a shovel, some holding a sword. Hey, but we'll, we, we have a part and a purpose. Every single one of us in here tonight has a purpose in this church if God God's called you here. God has a purpose to help us serve to glorify him together. Here's the next one. What about coming to church? I didn't get that this afternoon. I did not get in my, in my study. I didn't lay down and say, now, Lord, I need to know if I need to come to church tonight. You say, why? Hebrews 10, 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. May I say something to you? It's God's will we be in church all the time. Now, I know there's times and exceptions to that. There, there is, but let me say something to you. The Lord knows when you can and when you ain't. Just being honest. The Lord knows the heart. He knows when you can be here, when you try to be here. I mean, I appreciate this. She's not up here right now. But she muscles through a lot of things coming here and smiles. And I think I feel fine. I don't get a nap in the afternoon. I'd like to just, sometimes I'd like to just sleep, Tom. And I watch my wife muscle through some things, and I think, man, I ought to be more thankful. I appreciate that. And there's some of us that have problems that we can't get. Well, don't get quiet on me. But will, let me say something to you. If you want to find God's will for your life, you better find in these places where God said, this is my will. Every night of the revival ought to make a way. We, we can make ways for things. I'm just, I'm just pastoring tonight, okay? Listen to me. If we're going to stay in God's will, we're going to have to stay in this place. And I mean coming here, not just being here. Sometimes, let me say something to you. I don't come here the way I need to and I can get it fixed up when I get here. But let me say something to you. We ought to work at trying to come here ready. We ought not have, listen, we ought to be able to worship when the Rochester, we ought to be able to worship with you, not like you have to pump us up. You know what I'm talking about? We ought to be ready to worship. We ought to be ready to learn. We to, I'm, I'm talking about we ought to have our note cards out. We ought to do the thing. If you struggle with something, hey, if you struggle so sitting around kids, sit over here, don't sit over here with us. I'm being honest. We can use a little common sense in this thing. I mean, if you can't hear, hey, listen, there's all kinds of seats on the front row. What I'm trying to say is, listen, hey, we want to be in the will of God. We're going to have to work at it. 
Not just being here. I've been here and been here and some days we are just here. Hey, but listen, the will of God, we need to be here and be ready to hear from God. Hey, to worship the Lord. I'm talking about friends we see coming to church. We see reading our Bible daily. Hey, can I talk about praying? Philippians 4 and 6. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And you don't ever have to ask this question. Should I pray about that? The answer is yes. You say, well, it's this. You don't understand. No, I read it right here. It just says in everything by prayer. Can I say something to you? There's not an area of your life in which you shouldn't and can't pray about. Every area of our life we ought to be praying about. I'm talking about day, I mean the little things. I mean, we, we pray about the big things. And we should. But why don't we pray about the little things? The things that at times in our life, can I say everything? Not only do we, can we pray about everything, but we have a limitless uh, access to the throne of grace. And we got a God of heaven that at, in the, th- hey, listen, on the throne of grace is someone who cares about your prayers. You realize, you read the book of Revelation, he's storing all them up. In the vows before, I'm talking about all them prayer. You think, you keep things. I probably said this before. I still got them. I'll remind her in the car. I still got them. Make her feel good. She used to write me notes. That was before we got married. When she moved in, I had this, I don't know what you call it, just had a room, whatever it was. And in the closet, she's bringing all of her stuff in, and she found this box. And inside this box was every letter she ever wrote me. You know why I kept them? Because I cared about them. Can I say something to you? He cares about you. Every single word you've cried out, them ones, I thank God them ones, Tom, when you couldn't get a word out and the Holy Ghost just started speaking on your behalf, I'm talking about he cares about you tonight. Hey, he loves you tonight. For we have not a high priest that which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. I ain't never seen him. I ain't never been there in person, in a sense, in a physical sense. But I've touched God tonight. Hey, when I've come to him with a broken heart, I've come to him with a burden, I've come to him with a need. Hey, listen, he can be touched tonight. And I'm telling you, there ain't a part of your life tonight you have to ask God to pray about hey just start praying about it it's God's will we don't have to ask God this should I share the gospel Mark 16 15 he said unto them go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature I don't have to ask should we give the gospel now I may pray like Paul did I may pray that I may see the opportunity and seize it with boldness but I don't ever have to say Should I tell someone that Christ died for their sins? You don't have to ask that question. It's already God's will. It's already declared. You don't have to go around looking. Is this something I need to do? Paul, he he prayed like this in Colossians 4 and 3. He said, he was asking people to pray this. With all praying also for us that God would open a door unto unto a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ. He wasn't praying, should I speak the gospel? He said, pray that the opportunity will come up that I can speak the gospel. Then he said in Ephesians 6 and 19, And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. It wasn't a question of should I tell someone that Jesus died for their sins and on the third day rose again. The question was, hey, help me pray that I'll do it boldly in the power of God and that I'll see the opportunity. That goes back to the will of God. Let me say something to you. There's been people in my life I should have witnessed to. Oh, God, forgive me. I should have witnessed to and didn't. Hey, let me say something to you. I'll go stand in judgment for that. I don't have to ask that question. 
I think about these, I'm not going to read the verses, but here's one. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 4, it says, This is the will of God that you abstain from fornication. You don't, you don't have to ask God if you shouldn't be watching that uh, awful pornography on TV or you should uh, be, with, be with someone outside of marriage. No, let me say, no, it's already God's will. It's very clear and plain. What about this one? This got us today. I tell you how, this is just something how the Lord works. So we went to, we went to Applebee's today with my parents, my grandparents. I don't like going somewhere on Sundays, especially when I got to preach because if it takes a long time, I've lost most of the afternoon, right? That was this time, okay? We went. They're understaffed. I understand that. Nobody wants to work. They're working hard as they can. We got there at 12.15. I didn't get home till after 2.30. And I, we made, I mean, we laughed and we made jokes. And I mean, you know, and I thought about Tom. Could have been in a lot of worse places, but I was just waiting on some food. How I should have been more thankful. We left that place. Somebody picked up a bill for eight people. That humbled me in the car. My dad called me. And I thought about, I don't ever have to ask if it's God's will for me to be thankful. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. We ought to be the most, I ought to be the most thankful person ever. Y'all don't know me, but I know me. And I know what Christ did for me. And I'm talking about, hey, listen, we ought to be thankful. I don't have to ask a question. I already know I need to be. Uh, And it ain't always easy. It ain't always easy. But we have something to be thankful for. But these are declared will of God. These are things... We already know that these are all, these are things we share in common. When Jude talks of that common salvation, because it's not that salvation's common. He's talking about it's common amongst those who have been born again and been saved. But can I say, because we have the same salvation in Jesus Christ, may I say, I know we're different. We are different shapes and sizes. We sound different. He's from Boone County. I sound like I'm from Boone County, but I'm from Nitro. There's a lot of different things. But can I say something to you? There's a lot of commonality about the church. May I say, if you're a member of this church, hey, the commonality, if I go to Roxanne Gospel Tabernacle, I'm there when the doors are open. Any church, any Bible, even, we see it in the Bible, but I want you to grasp this here. You've got to be in these. You start missing out on church, you start missing out on praying, you start missing out on reading your Bible, you start, start liking when you should be sharing the gospel, stop praying about things. Let me say something to you, it's going to be hard to live in the will of God. But notice this discern will of God. There's some commonalities we all share. But there's some things that are unique. Can I say something? You're here tonight. God has something for you in this place. You're a member of this church right here in Dunbar. He's brought you here on purpose. You're here tonight and you're lost. Let me say something to you. He's brought you here on purpose to save you tonight. That's what he's brought you here for. But notice Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what with that is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, not everybody's going to preach, not everybody's going to teach, not everybody's going to do, may I say, not everybody's going to do, everybody's going to do the same thing. 
Okay, not everybody's going to do that, but God has something for everyone. And notice what he's saying here. The first thing we see is God's will must be something that we're going to seek after. Verse number one, when he says that, and may I say, by the mercies of God, hey, his mercies are new this morning. Uh, may I say, because his mercies are new, that's motivation enough to want to live for it. Hey, that we're not, we're not, that I'm saved and on my way to heaven, I'm not going to a devil's hell tonight. That's enough reason when I get up in the morning and say, hey, Lord, what would you have me to do for you? There's the motivation. But that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. In that Old Testament, you know what they did? They drug them animals. They, they, they killed them and put them on there. God said, Paul writing, he said, lay yourself down. May I say something to you tonight? You're going to have to pursue the will of God for your life. It's not an accidental thing. You, 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 there may be times in life that that you may find yourself in the right place. And may I say, it's like, God, you may not understand all the will of God. Look at Brother Kevin Jennings. I ain't over this testimony the other night. Honey, I don't know anybody in CAMC Memorial. And I'm talking about drives to CAMC Memorial. And when he said that, when he started saying preacher, I thought I was going to come out of that chair right there. We're not talking about a coincidence. We're talking about there was someone at CAMC Memorial Hospital that was needing to get saved and was asking God, he needed somebody, hey, how shall I know except someone teach me? Hey, he was kind of like Philip there, the evangelist, hey, and, and he went there, and I mean, he didn't understand why he was going. There may be times in our life we don't understand everything, hey, but without faith it is impossible to please God. You know what he did? He said, I'm going to trust God, and when he got there, that man started yelling for a preacher. I mean, I wish it was always like that. Hey, I'd, hey listen, we door knock. I'd, I'd quit my job and door knock every day if I walked down the street of Dunbar and they'd say, Preacher, I want to get saved. I would. You think about that. You know why Kevin, I believe with all my heart, was living in the declared will of God and he discerned what God's will for us for him on that day. Can I say something to you? That day mattered to that man forever. Now, I believe it's all my heart. If Kevin wouldn't have showed up, there'd have been some, God would have sent somebody else. But think about this tonight. God's got a plan for you, a personal plan and a purpose for you to fulfill. And you're going to have to seek after it. And may I say something to you? It's not something to seek after and put off to do tomorrow. God's will's for today. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. In verse number one, we see God's will. We see that it requires us to give ourselves. But notice this, the will of God must be proven. It's going to be work. How do you know God called you to come down here and preach, and pastor? You sought him. Let me say something to you. You want somebody that, if you're going to have someone pastor your church, you better hope they're seeking the will of God about it. And let me say something to you. You ought to be seeking the will of God about a pastor. Not right now, but I'm just saying. <laughs> Stay with me. What, what I'm saying, well, stop, man. It's one of them times I'll never get that one back. Listen to me. God's people ought to be seeking the will of God. 
We're in, we're, 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 there's too many churches, too many places that just take anybody that's willing to step up and just say, I'll come. Hold on a second. You better be seeking out God's will. Let me say something. I want to be here as long as God's called me to be. Tom wants to be here as long as God's called him to be. Greg wants to be here as long as God's called him to be. Let me say something to you. If I stay a day longer, I'll do more harm than help. It's serious. And I, I look at that, what a great big thing, but can I say something to you? We ought to be praying about all day long. Maybe, maybe you're going to work praying, well, Lord, maybe there, what's the opportunity that I can witness to a coworker today? I'm telling you something. You start asking God about finding opportunities like Paul was praying about. It's amazing how people will wander down the hallway in an isolated place. You've never seen them before. You'll catch them out there somewhere. I'm talking about we ought to be finding the will of God. And God has something for you, but his will is proven. That's why you got to be in the word of God. We got to be in God's word. We got to be in God's will, the declared will. We must seek him out scripturally and prayerfully. And we must find ourselves doing the declared will of God. Judy, you come on. Here's what I want to encourage you with tonight. Now, right here in chapter number five, he says, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Don't leave here tonight not understanding this. He wants you to know his will for your life, and he wants to help you fulfill it. Don't leave here without that truth tonight. God's called us to live in the will of God, and he'll empower us to do that. And, that, and if you're here tonight and you're lost, and you've come in this place tonight lost, listen to me. I said the last few weeks, and I watched people come in that some of them carried Bibles. I wouldn't have known they wasn't saved, Tom. I watched some of them come in and I watched them in service and I can tell they'd never been in church before. Things that I've watched. Now let me say something to you. All these last couple weeks has done has already strengthened what I know the gospel still works. But you may have come in this place tonight and they didn't understand. They, they thought they were coming because their friends were coming. They, they, thought they, were, they thought they were coming because their husband, I, I, I'll never forget this, a man told me, I've been praying for my wife for 20 years. Wednesday and Sunday for years, she's been going to church with him. On that last Friday night of the revival, she walked down that aisle and got born again. I don't know, I don't know if she just came, because he, he was there almost every single night. I thought about there was teenage boys and teenage girls. One night this young man got saved. And the next night, he brought his girlfriend. I'll never forget, long as I live. I, they were all behind me this night. All these kids were, the choir office full of them. And I said, I turned around, and I said, was there anybody back here just to uplift a hand, acknowledge your loss tonight? This is, this is literally, I'll never forget this as long as I live. And she was sitting there on the end. It'll be over where Jerry's at, on the far end, and I could see her, and she literally just lifted her finger up. Sitting there like this, just lifted her finger up. Started to talk to her. She looked at me. She come down and got born again. I didn't say, right? I'm just telling you. I'll never forget that as long as I live. And what I want you to grasp out of this is this. God had them there for a purpose. A greater, more than just a one-night thing, I'm talking about an eternal change. 
David, you may have come in here tonight because, hey, you, you may, somebody may have invited you. Someone may have drug you in here. You may have come in here tonight thinking, well, I'm just trying to get them off my back. But God's brought you here for a purpose. Child of God, maybe you've been saved and living out of the will of God. And you've been coming or you've been going, you've been doing whatever, but you know you ain't been in God's will. Can I say something to you? God brought you here tonight to get you back in the will of God. 